Garrett's Log 2.17.21.12.28 So today's log is going to be devoted to one purpose and one purpose only, and that is as a tribute to Rush Limbaugh, America's anchorman, the truth detector, the doctor of democracy, and a harmless, lovable little fuzzball. Rush Limbaugh passed away today of lung cancer. And, you know, for me, it literally feels like losing a family member. And that may sound strange to say about a radio personality. Uh, but describing, I don't know, describing Rush Limbaugh as a radio personality is sort of like, uh, what's a good analogy? Don't get, don't tell me, I'll think of it. Uh, it would sort of be like describing a cruise ship as a boat. No, that's terrible. You know, it's okay. Here it is. It would be like describing Beethoven's Ninth Symphony as a classical music piece because there's so much more to who a person is in your life than what they do. I've been listening to Rush Limbaugh for probably a good 15 years, I would say. I mean, I'd always sort of heard him ever since growing up. Um, he'd be on the radio, living in kind of in rural towns in Oregon and California. I mean, I was pretty used to hearing his name, you know. And, of course, he was very much in the tabloids in the early 90s and late 80s. So there was that factor. I didn't really start listening to him until I went to college. And actually, I wasn't like, I mean, I guess I sort of considered myself whatever my family was, which was generally speaking sort of small R. Well, I would just say generally speaking, garden variety Republicans, I would say. It was most of my family. Um, but really a lot of kind of... Uh, you know, my, my parents were originally Democrats until Reagan. And then during the Reagan years, when they owned their own business and they realized how pretty much everything about that you hear about taxing the rich and taxing business owners and, you know, oh, well, that's, that's just them paying their fair share. Well, when you actually become a business owner and actually try and feed your family and realize that, you know, you got to pay your employees, you got to pay, keep the lights on. And if you don't get a paycheck, too bad. Uh, but we're still getting our taxes. And it's, it's a totally different experience of reality than when you're just collecting a paycheck. So when my parents understood that reality, that, oh, yeah, the Democrats really aren't for us. They really aren't interested in our, in our problem. And they kind of just they moved over to the Reagan side. So 
And there definitely was a lot of Democrat thinking in my family originally, too. So, but not Democrats as they exist now. Trust me on that. Democrats as they exist now are something very different. This is not about partisanship. Truly, it's not. I'm just trying to explain to you how I came to it. You know, so I didn't really think that deeply about politics per se. I more thought about just the country and the history of it. And then I had a really great civics teacher in high school who himself was, I would say, center left. But he and he taught an amazing civics course about just the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and the justice system and the bicameral legislature and, you know, which is all I'm super nerdy for all that stuff. So I listened intently and I loved it. I absolutely have always I've always been fascinated by the miracle of a governmental system designed to ensure the freedom of human beings. And more importantly than that, the idea, and this is what I think most people truly, truly do not understand about why the American founding is so special. And it's because it was the first country founded on the idea that our rights actually don't come from government in the case of that time period. They don't come from a king. They don't come from a Caesar. They don't come from some lord sitting on a, on a judge's bench. They come from creation or God, whichever you believe. I like to say nature, capital N nature, as in the force itself. And I could dig into that more. But my point is that is a truly special thing. And I became very fascinated with that idea that governments could be founded and arranged so that they are intended to secure the rights and freedom of the people rather than assume power over them. You know, consent of the governed, that's not just about we get to vote. Consent of the governed literally means that the government serves the people rather than the people serving the state, which is how most societies have and continue to function in human existence. To this day, freedom is actually kind of a radical concept. So, less so. But So how did that bring me to Rush Limbaugh? Well, so all these things were circulating in my orbit, and I knew, I have always known that my primary, I, my primary ideal has always been liberty, freedom, live and let live. To put it more simply, people living their lives as they see fit, long as they're not harming others, and a government that only intervenes to keep the peace, to keep freedom secure, to make it possible for people to exist. And to that end, a corrupt government is any government that stands in the way of someone's liberty, right? And uh, so given the different systems, I sort of, I definitely gravitated 
towards the conservative side. I don't actually consider myself a conservative because there are many positions I hold that are not conservative at all. I'm, I believe gay marriage is just and right and, uh, and, and, and also helps establish family values, which I do believe in. So that's obviously not a conservative position. I guess I, I really would say I'm more of a libertarian. So I start hearing Rush Limbaugh in college. When I start thinking about these things and I start getting involved in who should I vote for, you know, I came to Rush Limbaugh because his message was, it was all about those things. He loves the founding of the country. He would talk on his on a radio show. Think of this. The, the goal of a radio, the stated purpose of his radio show was, and I quote, making obscene amounts of profit, right? So with a, the goal in mind to make an obscene amount of profit, what does he talk about? He talks about the finer points of the Constitution, the history of the Declaration of Independence, the importance of separation of powers. I mean, this is a guy on the radio, and he has millions and millions of fans and followers. Now, isn't that interesting? I'm, I'm kind of talking to people that don't listen to this medium, or, you know, I just, it's interesting to me that that can be so powerful and profound and entertaining, by the way. So, anyway, I, I, I came for the civics and the politics and I stayed for something else. I stayed for Rush. What, what ultimately, I think, hit me the most, though, is that as I would listen to Rush Limbaugh, you know, I, I came to his show early on with all the ideas in my head of things I'd heard about him. He's this boisterous. I, I remember people in my own family who were Republicans who despised him and were like, oh, he's just an entertainer. He's just a shock jock. He's just this blustering, egotistical, uh, drug addicted guy who's got all these problems. And, and he's just on the radio just spewing bullshit, you know. I mean, this, this from people who are on the conservative side of the aisle. And of course, you know, I doesn't even need to say what the media t typically would say about him. And I personally sort of assumed that any personality that that big and on the radio, any celebrity with that much fame really was playing a game on some level with people. And I think I kind of believed that and a lot of the things he would say, I would often get irritated and think, oh, he's just being, this is just showmanship. This isn't, you know, real. The interesting thing is the more I listen, the more I realize that, like, these are just the things he believes. Like, these are just the things that he thinks. And there are ways to know that. And I could get into that also, but I'm not going to. I just want to talk about what drew me to his show. And it was that at the source of everything he does, it was about fun. It was about fun. It was about laughter and comedy. It was about uh, making light of things, but even serious things. It was about deep, meaningful, philosophical debates. It was about love, love for people. Even the people, I mean, the phrasing of that's all wrong. Love for everyone, including the people who totally disagree with everything he says. And, you know, to this day, I disagree with a lot of the things Rush Limbaugh says, but I can tell you this much, like, I kept tuning in, even when I stopped listening to the news and to media and everything else. You know, one friend of mine thought I was like some brainwashed drone or something because I was only listening to Rush Limbaugh. It's not that at all. 
the, the reality is I made the decision. I wasn't going to listen to anything because I was tired of it. I'm tired of the negativity. I'm tired of the crap in the news. And that hasn't changed, by the way. But there was one voice that I still just couldn't go without for too long. And that was Rush. And I'll tell you why. Because every time his voice came on the radio, I felt lighter. And it was because there was always, always, even when he was frustrated with something in the news, there was always happiness in what he was doing, love of what he was doing, and love of his audience. And this is going to sound strange to people who aren't part of his audience or haven't listened to him very much, or maybe you've read all the headlines and that's all you know of him. Trust me, if all you've read is news stories about Rush Limbaugh, you have no idea who the man is, like zero. If you have only read the news about what Rush Limbaugh says and thinks, you actually just assume that half of what you've heard him say, he never said. I can just promise you that. So, but that's beside the point. So the amazing thing is there is a bond between him and his audience through that radio show. And I've experienced it personally. You know, I'm, I'm lucky to, to be one of the members of his audience who has sent him messages over the years and his staff reached out to me and did a whole video interview with me and uh, gave me a, their private emails so that I could send in questions for Rush and things like that. And I've sent a few messages over the years, but not many. Um, but I just, I consider that a real privilege to be kind of invited to a kind of inner circle just because it shows me that like he has a real interest in people and in the people that listen to him. And it's not just about his success. It's about love and appreciation for his audience. And, you know, this is not uncommon either in, uh, in a lot of spheres, you know, I think all of the best celebrities are, you know, whether they're athletes or actors or musicians, the ones that, last the longest and have the largest impact and influence are the ones you can tell. They love their fans and they are and they are connected to the people who are connected to them and they care deeply about those people. You know, everyone always raves about Tom Hanks and what a great guy he is. And he is because you can tell that there's that light and that love that he genuinely has both for what he does and for the people that watch his films and for the causes that he works on behalf of, you know, you can just tell there's a genuine love and appreciation there. And it's like, so that resonates with people. And that resonated with Rush. I mean, I, when I couldn't stand the negativity on the internet and in the news and in all this stuff anymore, I would tune into Rush and I would get love, joy, and fun. And by the way, that's what life is meant to be, even in the dark times. Even when we're in the foxhole, there's, there's still jokes, there's still laughter. And I think, you know, one of his frequent uh, guest hosts, Mark Stein, often says, tyrants hate the sound of laughter. And I think there is great truth in that. One more thing I want to say about Rush Limbaugh is he really inspired me because I have never seen someone that just has such vicious things said about him almost all the time. 
and half of them aren't even true. And it used to make me really angry, but it was actually him that sort of got me to not be angry about it anymore because, you know, he would say, you know, it's what he cared about was the bond he had with his audience. And yeah, it was hard to hear those things like, you know, people calling him a racist or a misogynist or pick your ism, right? You know, typical, typical characterization of anyone who is, uh, you know, center right or farther. Um, that hurt because he's not that person. You know, every every account I've ever seen or heard of Rush is that he has always treated people he meets with kindness and politeness. Yeah, perfect example. He guest starred on an episode of Family Guy years ago, and I'll never forget that, you know, Seth MacFarlane is a pretty notable liberal and Democrat, and a lot of the comedy on Family Guy leans left. Um, so it's really interesting that a pretty, a pretty liberal guy invites Rush Limbaugh on for an episode to play himself on the show as Rush Limbaugh. And it was actually a really funny plot, too. It was like Brian, who's the big Democrat on the show, the dog, converts to Republicanism, and he's like more extreme than Rush. And, so, and it was really funny. It was like it was a really good episode. But I just remember Seth MacFarlane in an interview talking about how like, Rush is like the nicest guy in the world and just the most fun to hang out with and just a really cool, awesome person. And I'm like, see, that's what that's what all this hate and vitriol in the media. And and I'm not when I say media, I am talking about news and I'm talking about major news. I'm talking about almost all of the major news worldwide. They exist to promote negativity, worst case scenarios misery, fear, suspicion, turning brother against brother, sister against brother, sister against sister. That is what, and, and you can say it's a profit motive. You can say it's ideological. You can say it's some grand conspiracy. I think there's areas of the media where it could be one of any of those things. Whatever it is, or just seeking attention, I, you know, it's just the, the need, you know, there's so many voices out there that every journalist needs to be the most controversial, whatever it is. But I'm telling you, it's whatever drives it. News can't see past misery. And I think that's really the biggest problem with it. And so what, what unfortunately is happening is that when every single story is a worst case scenario. And every single story has to be some kind of uh, screed about racism in our society and bigotry in our society and, and, and all of the terrible evil sins of society and you know the dangers of technology. I mean, every single story you read is like this. You know, every single thing is about. You know, you would think if you just read the news that the United States of America in 2021 is this Hunger Games-like dystopian totalitarian dictatorship with people behind barbed wire fences. You would think that that's the kind of world we live in, and it's absurd. You know, so. The effect that all of that negativity is having is that it's turning us against each other. It's making us forget that we're human beings and that we have disagreements and we argue and sometimes sharply 
And yes, there are times when we are at an impasse. I get that. I'm not advocate. I'm not. I'm not naive. I understand that. Like we have causes that are dear to us, and there are times where you've got to make a stand, and you know that it is what it is. But that doesn't mean you stop recognizing the humanity in your fellow human beings and understand that none of us has all the answers. None of us is right about everything. Thank God we're not right about everything. How what a burden that would be to ever be. I mean, except me, I'm, I'm right about pretty much like 99% of everything I think, but it, that's not, listen, I'm a rare example. No, but seriously, my point is, I want us to talk to each other again and laugh again. I want football games, and I don't even like football, but I want football games to be about where we go to just be Americans again and to stop with all this tribalism. So that's a long way of saying that Rush Limbaugh was a voice pushing back against that. You know, he was one of the most savaged, lied about. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. Years ago, he was, it got out in the media that he had joined a group of investors who were going to purchase a NFL football team. And he was only going to be a part owner, like a minority owner. He wasn't even going to have like a large chunk of it. But basically he was going in with a bunch of other buyers to buy a football team. And the media came out with a bunch of stories about how this was a travesty and he should never be allowed to be an owner of any football team and that this would be him sort of, I mean, they basically accused him of have, of living out a slave master fantasy, you know, by by owning a football team. And they released these stories about him that were completely fabricated. And one of them was that Rush had once said on his radio show something to the effect of, say what you want about slavery, but at least it kept the streets safe at night. And then there was like, there was one other quote like that, and I forget what it was. It was appalling and horrific, uh, and it completely outside the character of who Rush Limbaugh was as a human being. But like everyone believed it because it was in the news, and it was a total lie. He never said those horrible things, and it was deeply, you know, and of course it, it ruined any of his chances to buy the football team. And, you know, I mean, it, honestly, that's that's not the issue. The issue is like, what a horrific thing to have said about you. And it's a lie. I mean, imagine that. Imagine being in that position of like someone puts in your mouth horrific words you never said, would never say, and most people believe it. What would you do? Like, how do you even handle that? And what's amazing to me is things like that would happen to Rush all the time. And he never he never gave in to negativity. He always was positive and happy and loving life and sharing love with others and donating to charity and raising charity to for his causes. He never let that slow him down. And it inspired me because Rush was a man who lived his life his own way and he lived his life loudly and proudly and happily and he really, in turn, inspired me to believe in myself.
you know, cause that's one of the things he would always talk about. He's like, you have got to believe in yourself so confidently and so firmly that it doesn't matter what people say about you. And he just really carried that message. And it really always inspired me because it was like, here's a guy who takes all this heat, but he doesn't let that stop him. And that's how all of us should live our lives. We should all live our lives as who we truly are, loving ourselves, accepting ourselves, being proud of what we believe and not being afraid to talk to others and to reach out to others and to love others, even when they disagree with us. So Rush Limbaugh inspires, he continues to inspire me and it is a great loss. And I am, I've kind of already shed my tears today. I feel like I'm in a good place where I can, I can just say that Those are the people you need to listen to in life. The people in life who are telling you to be yourself and be proud of yourself and not to and to get rid of all the doubt that's holding you back from living your best life and speaking your truth. Those are the people that you should be taking advice from. Not the people who tell you how to defend yourself against the critics or, you know, how to avoid criticism. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking in hypotheticals, but Rush inspired me to have courage and to pursue my passions. And so I thank him for that. And it's a great loss to us all. And, you know, one other thing. But Garrett, but Garrett, you say, you're a bisexual man. How can you like a guy like Rush Limbaugh who was against gay marriage or whatever it is. And, you know, my answer to you is that's what love is. That's what tolerance and acceptance actually is. It's when you understand that other human beings are not perfect and that maybe, it just maybe, Every human being is neither all good or all bad or all right or all wrong. We are flawed creatures all trying to figure this thing out. And maybe who we are as a person is more than what we believe about one single thing. You know, I love Rush Limbaugh because he was a man who lived his life in total freedom. He was a man who lived his life proud of what he believed and what he thought. And even when I disagreed with it, you know, this is the thing people who didn't listen to him or don't listen to him. This is what they don't understand, is that if you actually listen, and I didn't understand this before I listened to him. He has such great love for everyone in his audience. And I've spoken to his staff personally, and I've shared with them personally that I'm one of his LGBT fans, and I have never felt anything but love. And, you know, the purpose is you can disagree. You know, you love your family in spite of the fact that there's things about them that rub you the wrong way. You know, and that that is what's wrong with our culture right now, is that the people who are shouting the loudest about tolerance and acceptance are the most bigoted, narrow-minded, 
hateful little trolls among us, and they are ruining life. They are ruining joy. They are ruining happiness. They are ruining the ability of human beings who disagree, who come from different walks of life to come together and love each other in spite of their differences because they share something more important, something that's larger than one or two petty disagreements. So, yes, I love Rush Limbaugh far more than many of the people who might be on my side, quote unquote, on the LGBT issue, who really are just spewing hate and anger and, and bigotry. And you know what? I, By the way, I understand anger because I've felt a lot of it in my life and believe, and on this issue too. So, you know, I, I understand. I understand people who are angry, but what they don't understand and what I have, what I am learning, what I have learned and am continuing to learn is that when you direct anger and hatred out into the world, for whatever the reason, you better be pretty careful because... It might be that you're actually just damaging yourself. So I, what I love are people who give love to others. And that's the kind of legacy I want to leave behind. And, you know, Rush Limbaugh really, this may sound ironic. He inspired me to not be afraid to be who I am. You know, everyone in life wants you to pick a side on everything. And you know something? We're not, we are not the labels we create for ourselves. We are, we are a complicated, messy collection of things. And there is beauty in that. Rush Limbaugh inspired me to be myself loudly to have confidence and faith in myself and what I believe and what I can do. To give me an unshakable drive to achieve my dreams. You know, that that was really the largest message I ever got out of any of Rush Limbaugh's broadcasts. You know, anyone who knows Rush Limbaugh through the headlines or through the articles written about him, they do not know anything about him. Not a thing. In fact, they probably mostly know things that are untrue about him. Because when he was speaking to an audience, it was honest and it was real and it was from the heart. And even when he said, he said things that inspired me, that brought tears to my eyes, things that pissed me off, made me yell at the radio. But everything he did was out of his own faith and his own beliefs and ultimately his love of people. I frankly envy that. I envy his natural ability to just love people. And that includes people that disagreed with him. So that's my answer to that. Garrett's Log Supplemental. I really don't want to leave today's podcast on that last note. 
because I was thinking the other day as I was meditating uh, after I actually it was after I'd finished my meditation and I was practicing I was doing the practice outlined in love yourself like your life depends on it and as often will happen the more you do meditation, you start to have stunning moments of clarity that they don't even show up in words exactly. They just show up in a feeling, in a thought, in an image. It's really an amazing experience, I have to say, because, you know, you'll just, no thoughts entering your mind. You'll suddenly just be in a place. At least that's been my experience or you'll have a feeling or you'll imagine something you've never thought of before. It's really powerful. And for me, I had this thought about the legacy, like what would I want? I know this is gonna sound dark, but stick with me on this. How would I want the mood at my funeral to be? And I think this is pretty relevant because it's fair to say I've spent a lot of the dark years of my life imagining a very sad answer to that question. But for the first time in a long time, I, I, realized, I realized what I truly wanted. I wanted the day of my funeral someday far, far into the future, one hopes, but one never knows. I want it to be overall a mood of celebration. I know that sounds strange and it it just doesn't seem possible, but but that is exactly what I would want it to be, a celebration of of people who are celebrating my life and the contributions I've left and the good things I've done and the lives I've touched and the people who have been helped on their journey and who helped me on mine. And and yes, it would be sad and there would be grief, but it would be a celebration of life. And I realized, you know, that's the ending to my story that I would want to write. It's a pretty powerful realization because it gives me a renewed purpose in the things I'm doing. It's like that is the purpose I'm moving toward, a life that is full and lived in freedom and lived proudly and lived to its fullest and lived with risk and reward both and lived with generosity towards others and a life that has contributed to others. That's a life worth celebrating, not, you know, the end of such a life is truly a moment of celebration because it's going to end for all of us someday. We don't get to choose whether it ends. Uh, Ray Kurzweil's theories about you know, or Amazon Prime's theories about uploading our consciousness to the contrary. For those of you banking on that possibility, I promise you, it's a lot. Defeating death is a lot farther from our grasp than you would think.
So the choice we have is how do we want that end to turn out? And that is determined by how we live. So in thinking about Rush and his passing, as sad as I am and as, I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine the fact that and I knew this day was coming, but even so, to not hear that voice on the radio again, it's a terrible loss. But at the same time, I think what he would want, and I think what I would want in his place, is a celebration. And so this podcast is dedicated to you, Rush. It's a celebration of everything you've given me courage and a inspiration you know a just a a daily pep talk a daily pep talk not just about current events but life i'm in your debt for that you know it's funny there there are those things that I strongly disagreed with Rush on, and not just strongly, I mean deeply, and yet they seem very small to me now. I think that's what it is when you truly, when someone has truly made a powerful impact on your life, it doesn't matter. The the little things don't matter, because in the end, it's who they are and how they lived, and And I understand full well there are going to be people hearing this who just can't even believe it. And they think, what a bunch of absurdity. I promise you, if you're one of those people, you don't listen to it. You didn't listen to his program, or at least not enough to know him. Because he was about love. And I think I want to close by just saying one of the things I loved about Rush is that he would often talk about like what people in his audience were, (laughs) you know, demanding of him. And like one of the things that would always happen. So he had what he called the stick to the issues crowd. Okay. And what this is, is Rush would every now and then, most of the show was politics. Most of it was, you know, the Republicans versus Democrats, sir. But there was there were moments where he just would talk about life and just things he was doing and think like the like for one one period of his show he was filming a show called the Hank Haney Project it was like this reality show where and I if I if I'm getting that name wrong forgive me I believe it's Hank Haney the trainer of Tiger Woods I might be wrong on that but basically he does a, he does a show where he teaches people how to improve their golf swing and Rush was a huge golf enthusiast. And he would just, every now and then, he would just talk about his experiences on the show, and, and he would talk about golf, and or, or like sometimes he would talk about NFL. He loved the NFL, you know, till some of the recent, you know, disappointing things about the F- NFL turning into a political arena instead of what it should be, which is a place for fun and joy and people coming together. But he was a huge fan of NFL football, and he would talk about it. And the funny thing is, I'm not a football fan. Like, I just, I don't have a team. I don't care. It doesn't, you know, if you love it. I love that people love it. It just does nothing at all for me.
But when Rush would talk about it, I loved listening to it. So anyway, he does these digressions and it and there's a huge segment of the audience that this really annoys because now they, they don't want to hear anything about, you know, golf or NFL or, you know, how to use the latest iPhone. All they want to hear about is, you know, politics, uh, you know, right versus left and whatever's going on in the news and all that stuff. And and he would he would call them the stick to the issues crowd. Stick to the issues, Rush. And so he'd start talking about, yeah, I'm on the, I'm golfing the other day and I am just whacking that ball. I'm just whacking it down. I know the stick to the issues crowd is going to be mad at me for this. And I would always love those little moments. And when I had a chance to speak to his staff, they asked me if there was anything I wanted to tell Rush, anything special. And, you know, I couldn't really think of anything because I'd already shared all I had, I'd thought about. And then I said, wait, there is one thing I want to tell him. Tell him not to listen to the stick to the issues crowd because I love it when he talks about the other stuff. I love it when he talks about golf. I love it when he talks about the NFL. I love it when he gets excited about the iPhone. I have become an Apple user because of Rush. I I was a PC Android user my whole life, but Rush would have this infectious way of talking about the iPhone and how cool it was and all the things it could do. He really was a very techie guy, like techier than most people half his age. And he loved Apple products. And I'm telling you, he he pretty much sold, I'm sure he sold millions of dollars of Apple products, uh, not intentionally, just because he loved them and talking about them. And I loved listening to that. So, or when he would just talk about life and his journey to success Those were some of my absolute favorite moments on the show. Rush could talk about things that I was not even interested in, and he would get me interested in those things because of what he thought about it and how beautifully he could share those moments. So I'm really going to miss that. I know. It's probably, it sounds strange to some of you, can't, but I promise you, it's you don't need to know someone person to person to feel a connection with them. And uh, I didn't used to believe that, but I believe that now. So I'm really going to miss those moments and I'm going to miss all of that, but It's a gift that we had that. So here's to Rush, a grand life, a grand man, a man who reminds us all that there is a just shining, bright, beautiful person of limitless potential inside of all of us. And he lived that example, and he encouraged that example, and he encouraged every single person who called him, no matter their background, their race, their religion, anything. He wanted the same for all of them, which was to have their American dream and to live their life their own way to the fullest and most beautiful and most successful they could possibly be. And... I'm just deeply grateful for all the time we had 
and I will miss Rush deeply. But today, today is a day for celebration. Celebrating an amazing, incredible life. And I am more inspired than ever to live my life in exactly the same way. Living my life who I truly am, going for it. No more looking back. Thank you, Rush. Wherever you are, I miss you. And I hope, wherever you are, you are smoking a big, fat, just ghastly cigar that is just filling the room with clouds of smoke and reading a good Vince Flynn novel and just loudly and boisterously telling everybody why all the conventional wisdom is wrong and you are right and how <laughs> and how you were born to be host and we were born to listen maharashi i love you big guy <laughs>